Uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As you can hear, this is David K. Barnes speaking, head writer of Wooden Overcoats. Uh, what you're about to be listening to is a recording from a number of years ago when we were first starting with Wooden Overcoats. It is the very first reading of any Wooden Overcoats material, episodes one and four to be precise. Uh, this is a, just a little piece of archive footage, something to, to, to tempt you into listening to more, something to excite you, something to really get your pulses racing. It's a trip through history, a journey... <laughs> back through time. So please join me, if you will, in an exodus into the past. This is Wooden Overcoats, the first reading. Now, hidden in the English Channel is an island called Piffling. On the island is a village, Piffling Vale, and the village has a square, and the square has this lovely little antique shop. But Opposite the antique shop is a funeral home, which is where a lot of this little chronicle will be set, I'm afraid. You see, I want to tell you all about a man named Rudyard Fun. He owns the funeral parlour, he's responsible for all the funerals in Piffling Vale, and today he experienced what was undoubtedly the worst day of his life, which, to be honest, was probably long overdue. Lightning strike and theme tune says the energetic. Announcer, wooden overcoats, the bane of Rudyard. Lightning strike propels us into... To... We gather here today to celebrate the life of Stanley Jessup Carmichael, who was taken from us only five days ago. It all and began, as things often do around sure here, with a funeral. The antique dealer, Stanley Carmichael, the one whose shop was immediately opposite Rudyard's premises, had led a life of peace and ordered calm for some 89 years and been subsequently crushed to death by a granite sundial. I confess that I never actually bought anything. <laughs> His price has been quite steep, actually. Though I did have my eyes on that sundial... And I might still be tempted if it came down in price. Stanley's relatives pricked up their ears at prospect of something for that granite sundial whilst nearby. His eyes sunken and his skin pale and drawn stood Rudyard, looking at his watch and wishing that the Reverend wasn't an agnostic. As we stand here, his spirit is undoubtedly looking down at us from his place with God. Unless you don't believe in that sort of thing. Which I won't hold against you. Mind you, God probably will. <laughs> Unless he doesn't exist. In which case, he won't have anything to complain about, really. <laughs> Reverend. Sorry, did somebody... Reverend. Oh, hello, Rudyard. You're rambling. Sorry? Uh, you're rambling again. Oh, God, am I? Yes. So sorry. His I... spirit looking down on us from his place. From his place with God. Yes, thank you. Right. Looking down at us, from his place, with, um, no, actually, I don't suppose we could have a quick show of hands, no, no, could we? No. If you believe in God, could you put your hand up? <laughs> Can we do that? Put your hand up if you, um, uh, <laughs> yes, about half. So what I might do is do the service twice. We don't have time. Once with God in it, and the other with... I don't no, we're overrunning. <laughs> well, I thought I might read a few psalms. Which ones? I don't mind. I'd be happy to take a quest if anyone's got... No, 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 no. We're 16 minutes behind schedule, nearly 17. Georgie, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yes, I'm here. We need the coffin in the ground. Now. It's, it's a very heavy coffin, sir. Good point. Oh, I'm the only pallbearer. <laughs> Stop moaning. Put your back into it. Oh, fine. Do we have time for some funny anecdotes? <laughs> <laughs> We're late as it is, and it's pissing it down, so no. You're ruining everything. There you are, Reverend. You're losing them. Oh, I thought they were rather getting into it. Not him, you. Me? You horrid little man. Stop hurrying things along. Don't you know what a schedule is? <laughs> if you weren't the only undertaker... Well, I am, so you're stuck with me. So woo. This isn't my yeah. only gig today, you know. I've got Mr Askey to measure up in half an hour. He's not dead. It doesn't look healthy, though, does he? Stop talking. We're trying to honest. Honor Stanley, you didn't even like him. How dare you? I noticed at the shop you slipped that carriage clock down your blouse when you thought no one was looking. <gasps> and the dressing table. Oh, I knew it. Oh, shut up. Bill's quick the portrait of Eva Bourne. Bill? <laughs> I want that portrait. Well, you can't have it. Ow! I'm sorry, Terry. I lost, just lost control. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> An argument and physical fight breaks out amongst the crowd. Oh, now, now, come on. Everyone stay <laughs> Jerry, put that shovel down. Or a clunk as somebody hit with a shovel. Ow! <laughs> All right, Georgie, get the body in the ground. Well, they don't look very happy, sir. Of course they don't look happy. It's a funeral. Off you go. Linking music into scene three. As the riot escalated, Rudyard and his assistant, Georgie Crisco, fled the cemetery for the safety of their hum- funeral home. We'd better get its name out the way early. I always said they should change it, but Rudyard said a family firm should keep a family name. Mind you, fun funerals always sounded to me a touch deceptive. Grandfather clock ticks in the background, front door opens, a bell up, but the door tinkles, it's still raining outside. Of course, we could be onto a good thing back there. You saw Stanley's widow. That poor old lady. Yes, when she took a swing at her son-in-law, I think she fell into the grave instead. Don't know if it was fatal, but it looked promising to me. Door closes, bell tinkles, rain's much quieter. Do you think we could ever have a quiet funeral? Asking for the impossible never helped anyone. Well, people smiling and swapping funny stories. I'm not sure that every funeral should have to end in violent conflict. <laughs> Georgie, once you've been here a few more months, you'll realise that funerals will always end in bloodshed and shed, and there's very little you and I can do about it. Go get the measuring kit. I want to go to Mr Askey's and see if he's dead yet. Are you sure it's worth the bother? We've gone round every day for the last six weeks and I'm not giving up hope now. <laughs> Hop to it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Georgie opens the door and exits. Get me a dry jacket and another hat. Where's Antigone? Antigone? Phone rings, radio lenses. Now look here, yes? Stanley's widow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fatal. <laughs> I thought it might be. Yes, we can fit her in at six o'clock and leave her in the ground for the moment. It'll save time in the long run. No, she shouldn't have been brawling at her age. Uh, of course I'd fancied my chances against her. I'm 35 and she's 82. See you at six. <laughs> Georgie! We've got a full day ahead of us. Where's Antigone? Try the mortuary. We don't begin banging on another door. Are you in the mortuary, Antigone? Antigone? You in the mortuary? Antigone? Antigone, are you in the... What? I'm back. I'd rather look at the corpses. Door thumb shut. Oh. Just rest in peace means nothing to you. I don't hear the guests complaining. Got room for another. Mr. Askey? Not yet. This one's a bonus. That's Antigone, who's Rudyard's twin sister, despite actually being born one week afterwards. 
The poor dear had been diagnosed with depression within 20 minutes of being born, a world record which gave her no consolation at all. How was the funeral? Vicar's getting worse, and of course it was raining, and inevitably it ended with a punch-up over a portrait of Eva Braun. <laughs> Personally, I found it all very moving. Brilliant. So that's another grieving widow we'll have to apologise to. No, Why not? She fell into the grave and died before I left. She did what? It's been a very productive morning. You really have no concept of what good service is, do you? I love to disagree with you, and I'm doing it now. I've been in the all morning, and do you know what I've been up to? Sure, I don't want to know. I have spent all morning mixing formaldehyde and methanol with clementines, and a tiny, a tiny dash of cinnamon. That's what I've been doing all morning. Should I ask why? <laughs> to try and make our embalming fluid smell nicer, so the bodies smell nicer. Because have you really ever smelt a body, Edward? Why do we still talk to each other? <laughs> <laughs> now, thanks to me, they'll smell brighter, fresher, not like bodies at all. That's the sort of service I'm striving for, Rajad. I want them to forget the body is a body. Oh, yes, that'll work. Our granddad's dead, but don't worry, because it smells like Christmas. It's attention <laughs> to detail, Rajad. It's how to run a business, you wouldn't know. We get them in the body, in the coffin, in the ground, on time. Here's your other jacket, sir. Georgie, how long did it take to get the coffin in the ground this morning? Well, a couple of seconds. Now, that's a good service. Because I dropped it. But it got where it needed <laughs> to be, and that's what they pay us for. Roger, for the very last time, they don't want chaos. They don't want stress. And they don't want a relative dead before the first has even been buried. Well, how do you know what they want? In the name of sanity, Rudyard, we've got to turn this business around before people decide... Look, I've got a very busy day ahead, so will you just get back into the mortuary and... The front door opens, bell tinkles, still raining outside, door closes, bell tinkles, rain quite a beat. Hello. Yes? Eric. Uh, Eric Chapman. I'm new to the place. Just arrived. Good morning. Georgie, leave it to the professionals. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) We've not met. No. Because I knew. To the place. Don't need to brag about it. I haven't met people before, you know. <laughs> You're Mr. Rudyard Fun of, of Fun Funerals. That's correct. Terrific name. I suppose you put the fun in funerals. <laughs> no, of course we don't. It's a cheap. <laughs> sure. Never mind. Well... Hello, Mr. Chapman. Oh, Jesus! Is this too close? <laughs> a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm Tiffany. Sorry. Please meet you. Likewise. <laughs> Call me Eric. Uh, are you in charge? I'm the mortician where the action is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I bet there's not much you don't know about the body, eh, Antigone? That sounded like a double meaning. It's called flirting. Oh, gosh, is it? Well, now it... No, it was lovely. Smashing, do it again. <laughs> I made it awkward. Damn! <laughs> I haven't got all day. Yes, so, uh, Richard, Antigone and... Georgie, hi. That's enough! <laughs> You're at the funeral, weren't you? Yeah, helping out. It's a job. <laughs> Definitely. Georgie, don't give away company secrets. <laughs> I was only... Hang on. Did you say you saw the funeral this morning? Yes, I did. And I'm sure you're impressed with what you saw, Mr Chapman, but we really are... Actually, I wasn't entirely sure it came off. I'm sorry? Well, for a start, it got a bit violent, didn't it? Did you think so? At the end, yes. <laughs> Not sure what funeral you were watching, Mr Chapman, but all I saw was good for morning. <laughs> Didn't somebody die? Very convenient place for it to happen. Georgie? I'm not convinced. There you go. <laughs> Don't let us keep you, Mr. Chap. Now, I thought there could have been a greater attention to detail. Stop me if I'm getting too critical. Okay, I'll stop you there. Carry <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, it looked a bit grim. I mean, it's a funeral, hardly party time, but even so, I, I always think these occasions should be a celebration of life rather than going on about death. You know what I mean? You've totally lost me. 
I don't want to be made even more miserable. I want to remember those happy, magnificent memories. I want a cheerful atmosphere. Bright flowers, music, funny recollections. Sweeter smelling fluids. Exactly. Yes, I think they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> of, of, course, of course they are. That's what I mean, sorting out those little details. Pushing the boat out, or the, the hearse out. <laughs> That's just my two cents for what it's worth. Well, I don't know what planet you live on, Mr. Chapman, but... <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Although those things in mine won't be Rudyard. Over my dead body. Smashing! <laughs> Anyway, I thought I'd swing by. Any time. Thank you. Any time at all. Yeah, I, well, I was just swinging by to see the competition. Competition? Yes. You mean like a raffle? Not exactly. Oh, I hate raffles. That's a strange, <laughs> a strange thing to hate. Anyway, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in you lot. Um, fun funerals, the local competition in funerals. You're an undertaker. Your clients prefer funeral director. You're just visiting home. I know, I live here now. I'm setting myself up. Your own funeral home? Yeah. Chapman's. Not quite as catchy as fun funerals, but there we are. <laughs> Where are you going to be? You know the antique theatre that you buried? Uh, Stanley Carmichael. I'm taking over his premises. Across the road. That's right, just over there. We'll probably see a lot of each other. Compare notes, swap stories, down the pub. Mine's a light ale, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did uh, someone die in here? <laughs> Farewell, Chapman. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, no, glad to meet you, Rudyard. Antigone? Chapman. Georgie? See you later. That's enough. <laughs> Okay. Um, enjoy yourselves. Oh, the sun's come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he thinks I'm going to buy him a light ale, he's very much mistaken. Oh, shut up, Rajard. This is actually very serious. He seemed nice enough, coming over here, waving his credentials in our faces, giving us feedback. My God. I thought you liked him. Liked him? Liked him? Yeah, you were talking about fluids and everything. That's professional chit-chat, for God's sake. Do you think I like gorgeous, handsome men, do you? Uh... <laughs> exactly. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a scenario where I would buy someone a light ale. It's a serious competition. Him? A competition? Were you listening to the man? No, she wasn't. She was gazing into his eyes. Georgina, go and make some tea. We haven't got a kettle. Buy one. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Rajaj, we're finished. I think I'll take a cyanide cap. We are not finished. We're an established firm going back generations. Nobody around here is going to book a funeral with a complete stranger. Roger, look at his shop. What is it? He's already changed the sign. Chapman's, just like he said. I admit he's working quickly. No, that does it. Go and see the mayor. Tell him, his, tell him this village isn't big enough for two funeral homes. It's not a bad idea, actually. I'll see him now. One day I'll buy an umbrella. Making <clears throat> music into scene four. Rajard scuttled across the village square and up the steps leading into Piffling Hall. He was shown into the office of the Right Honourable Mayor Desmond Desmond, a man who felt the mo- that most wonderful words in the English language were, I'm sure it's going to be fine. The Mayor's office. Door opens. Mr Rudyard Fun, to see you, sir. Yes. Yeah. Your Worship, I really am most desperately sorry to, um... Hello? Down here, Rudyard, under the desk. <laughs> um... Is there any reason you're crouched under the desk? Oh, I'm just sitting here, you know, doing a bit of thinking. Big world out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
to ask you... Rudyard, do you know what the difference is between a village and a town? Uh, well, a, a town has a greater area. Yes. A higher population. <laughs> more amenities. More amenities, yes. A mayor. Yes. Oh, God, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came to see you about this. We have to do something with our lives, <laughs> don't you think? Yes. I look at my seal sometimes and all my envelopes and I read my name and... Have I done enough, I ask myself. I mean, am I even right honourable? Because I don't feel it. It depends if you're a judge or a privy councillor. Oh, do you have to be one of those? To call yourself right honourable, yes. I've got to change all my stationery now. <laughs> you see, this is just the sort of thing I'm talking about. I mean, what have I earned? What have I achieved? God knows we have to try and justify ourselves somehow. I don't like the man across the road from me. And then what with my sister <laughs> passing the bucket last week? Oh, top draw send-off with you chaps gave her, by the way. Oh, thank you. Pity it rained. Yes, well. Can't help that. No. Or the ground subsidence. Still, we all laughed, seeing her flopping about like that. <laughs> anyway, do you know what I've decided to do, Rudyard? I'm going to turn this village into a town. That's what I'm going to do. I mean... Things must expand, mustn't they? Probably. You think so? Hmm, good. <sighs> she used to say terrible things to me, my sister. <laughs> uh, I've got a problem, actually. Can you? Uh, can I help? Because I'd really like to be useful. <laughs> I think you can be. You see, Your Worship, there's this man. Oh, he's not worth it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> What? No, I mean, this man is opening a new funeral home, directly across the road from mine. Is that a problem? We can't have two funeral homes, can we? Can't we? Why not? Well, it should be ridiculous. Oh, of course, I don't want to look ridiculous. If we had two funeral homes, why not two fire stations, two hospitals, two mayors? Two mayors? Uh, could it really get that far? I'd hate to speculate. Help me up, would you? Um... <laughs> yes, I think we'd better stab this in the bud immediately. Thank you, Radyard. Thank you, Your Worship. Well, it gets me out of the office anyway. Up from under the desk. Oh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, cancel my appointments for today, Marjorie. You haven't got any. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> off we go. <laughs> Appointment Chapman's Radyard and the until recently right on the mayor Desmond Desmond discovered the place was about ready to open and it wasn't even midday yet. Rudyard braced himself for a sinister journey into the unknown. Chapman's upbeat, quiet, jazzy piano music. <laughs> Wasn't this place an antique shop a few hours ago? I don't understand. How, how has he managed to do all this? A bit flash, isn't it? All those happy colours. Not a patch on your setup. Look, there's not a speck of dust anywhere. I mean, he arrived this morning. Must admit, though, these sofas are very comfy. Mayor bounces gently, spring squeak. Is that a coffee machine? Mm. Yes. Does your place have one of those? I bought a kettle <coughs> half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> the bing of an elevator. Its doors slide open. Doors opening. Hi. Sorry to keep you waiting. As you can imagine, all go here. Is that a lip? Mr May, it's a pleasure <laughs> to meet you, Eric Chapman. There's some chocolate truffles in the bowl there. Help yourself. Lovely. Would you, like, would you like the tour? I'd love to show you around. It's, it's still not quite finished. Well, perhaps another time, Mr Chapman. 
You've got a lift. <laughs> now, um, I, I don't quite know how to say this, but... Uh, how to say what, Mr. Lift? Well, it's very naughty of you to have done all this, isn't it? Is it? Without permission, I mean. But you gave me permission. Did I? I mean, before I came here, I was calling back and forth with your people and everything got sorted, and... Uh, uh, yes, here we are. There's your signature. Oh, you're not wrong, uh, the smiley face in the O there, it's definitely mine. <laughs> you must understand, I, I don't always read everything I'm given. I'm, I'm kept very busy. I'm sure. Don't worry about it. Oh, yes. Uh, what do you think, Rudyard? It's a really nice lift. Oh, thanks, Rudyard. <laughs> yes, well, even with all this, I mean, I am the mayor, aren't I? And I, I have the perfect right to change my mind. Do you? Not want me here. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's just that, um, you see, it's just, um, uh... Radyard? Sorry? Uh, yes, now, look here. Yes? We've already got a funeral home. Uh, exactly. We've already got one. Uh, and with the best will in the world, we can't have two funeral homes, can we? Why? Because then, um, you see, we'd, um... Well, apparently, have to have two hospitals, you see. That's a great idea. Is it? Oh, good. I'll, I'll get on to that. <laughs> Brilliant. But, um, <laughs> nevertheless, a, a village just can't sustain two funeral homes, can it? Well, you could be right there. Could I? I told, I told you so. But you know what could sustain two funeral homes? No. A town. A town, you say? No. No. Don't get me wrong, this is a great village, but I think it's going to be an even greater town. And I want to help you to do that, and the only way I can... With a funeral home. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Go for it. If we had two funeral homes, would we need two mayors as well? No, that's ridiculous. Mm, I thought it was. Excellent. In that case, I hereby pronounce this funeral home open. What? <laughs> what are they all doing here? We're taking advance orders. This is the service we provide. I, I, well, I won't take up any more of your time, Mr Chapman. Please, Mr Mayor, it's Eric. Best of luck, Eric. If you're ever at a loose end, do pop by the hall. Sometimes we have movie nights. I'll remember that. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you need our services, it's on the house. Oh, tremendous. Looking forward to it no, now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hang on. Glad to have you here, Eric. Mr Mayor. Oh, no, no, no. Call me Desmond. TTFM. Oh, I'll catch you later, Desmond. Shall I leave the doors open? If you would. Don't open crowd up myself. Oh, Rudyard, I'm sorry I can't stay in chat. Can I get you anything? I'll tell you what, make yourself a coffee. I better see to that queue. Enjoy yourself and don't forget the truffles. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, afternoon now. <laughs> I'm, deli I'm delighted to say welcome to Chapman's. And remember, we put the fun in funerals. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning flash linking music into scene six. After a coffee and a couple of truffles, Rudyard stormed out, seething with resentment. He kicked a small dog and got bitten by its owner. At <laughs> <laughs> fun funerals, Rudyard set down a chair by the window and stared out across the road, muttering out loud to his only real friend in the world. Look at them all, smiling. Happy as a funeral home. Who the hell do they think they are, eh? Squeak. Exactly. I give them um, a week. Mouse. Squeak. All right. Maybe two. Mouse squeak. 
amount of gold blend and lounge music. But you can't put a gloss on the mechanics. Get the body in the ground and get it done on time. That's what it's all about. Smell squeak. Bet his corpses don't smell of cinnamon. Mouth squeak. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see who runs this village. Oh. Oh, I... Madge, you're talking to that mouse again, aren't you? Her name is Madeline. It's not normal. Antigone, you spend 23 hours a day in a mortuary. Don't tell me what's normal. Off you go, Madeline. We'll continue this later. Ten dots away. You haven't moved all afternoon. I don't need to move. I'm plotting. Where's Georgina? Day off, no work. Plotting. (laughs) Rudyard, for the first time in our lives, we've actually got competition, which means we could really do with having some friends. So could you go out there and make some? I'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) Have you at least gone round to check up on Mr Askey? Who? Mr Askey, the man we've been waiting to die now for six weeks. Because so help me, I need to embalm somebody. And it could quite easily be you. Look, Mr. Askey's immortal. He'll never die. So what's the point in talking about it? Phone rings. Rudyard grabs a bit. Now look here. Georgie, what? Right, see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Askey's dead. Is he? Yes. Oh, my God, Mr. Askey's dead. <laughs> How? Heart attack half an hour ago. It's all over the village. Antigone, I'm... I'm so happy. <laughs> talking long enough. He's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. She smacks him twice. Stop being happy and get over there now. So, yes, get over there. Yes, I'm gone. Rudyard is back in the game. We pulled the front door open, belt and go, it is raining. Rudyard is going to get wet. <laughs> get the mortuary ready. And Rudyard, don't cock it up. <laughs> Linking music into scene seven. Before you judge Rudyard too harshly at his delight at an old man's passing, we should stop to remember that Mr Askey was Rudyard's old PE teacher at school. And so said delight becomes almost justified. Rudyard met Georgie at Miss Askey's bijou residence at 5.45. Georgie. All right, sir. Say it again for me, but you say it again. Yes, Mr Askey's dead, sir, but... Yes! Get in there, my son! Whatever that means. (laughs) Yeah, I ought to say... God, I'd be looking forward to putting him in the ground. Can't mark me for losing the 200 metre dash now, can you, Mr Askey? (laughs) Before you get excited... Right, yes, got to straighten up, yes. Yes, think grave. (laughs) <laughs> How do I look? Miserable. That's what the punters want. Let's go. But, sir, um, could we please have some quiet out? Ooh, it's you, Mr. Fun. Afternoon, nurse. May I take this opportunity to convey my most profound condolences? Thank you, Mr. Fun. I'm sure my apprentice, Miss Crusoe, here has already carried out our preliminary duties. So I think in the interest of efficiency, we should let the dog see the rabbit. If you'll take me well, through. Uh, this is actually rather embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, please don't say it's a false amount. In a sense, yes. Oh, but Georgie, you said he was dead. Uh, he is dead. But... Nurse, one of us in this corridor is deeply confused. I'm beginning to think it might be you. No. I knew it. She's mad. Grab her, Georgie. I'm not mad. <laughs> what a mad person would say. Georgie! Bam. <laughs> yeah. Rudyard, great to see you. Chapman. Busy afternoon, eh? Hello, Georgie. Nurse, I demand that this man be asked to vacate the Spiju residence immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, this is my bad, and I've really got to apologise for this one, but... Uh... Mr Askey requested it. He what? With his final words, he said he couldn't bear the thought of being buried by such a feeble little weed as Rudyard Fund. <laughs> Interesting man. He wanted to see my gold medals in the 200 metre dash. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
got to say, I wasn't expecting business to take off quite so quickly. You're doing a most proper job, Mr. Chapman. Well, thank you, nurse. I think we'll collect him first thing tomorrow. Anyway, I must run. Good to see you, Rudyard. Georgie, enjoy yourselves. Open the front door, bird song and nature. Ah. <laughs> 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 what a terrible man. I hear he's still a bachelor. So am I. Yes, well, hardly surprising, is it? <laughs> <coughs> Are the door closed? Well, can't win them all, eh, sir? <laughs> You're right, sir. I am so... Six o'clock. Six o'clock? Six o'clock, the cemetery. Stanley's widow. Stanley Carmichael's widow in the cemetery. Six o'clock. <laughs> oh, yeah, forgot about... What time is it? Uh, about five to six, but you'll never get there. Rudyard dashes past, yanking open the door. It bangs against the wall. It remains open. It's raining. Sir! Oh, for <laughs> God's sake! Sir! Come back, you stupid fool! Lightning, <laughs> blinking music into scene. Rudyard raced down the cliff, past the trees and through the streets with the speed that would have finally impressed Mr. Askey had he not already been dead. His lungs aching for breath, his limbs trembling with the effort... Rudyard tumbled into the cemetery at exactly one minute past six to discover... Sunshine and birdsong, background sound, people having a lovely time, chatting, laughing, children It's... it's all... Ah, there you are, Rudyard. Reverend, what's going on? Well, I arrived to oversee the preliminaries on Mrs Carmichael's uh, transferal to a better world. If such a place exists, which I'm not certain <laughs> about one way or the other. And I found that her family and friends have been gathered together already for the funeral. For the funeral? Since the deceased was already here and sensibly dressed, anyway, he just got it done out of the way. Young fellow named Eric got his own funeral practice, I understand. I'm hearing marvellous things about it. He's got a coffee machine, you know. Chapman. Let them all in a couple of sing-songs, actually. Even had my speech prepared for me. Very succinct. It was. Breeze through it all in no time. Chapman. He also found a lake. Over there! <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all going boating. <laughs> he owns a boat, you know. Chapman. Anyway, I'd better be getting back to it. We're having jelly and ice cream in a minute. Bags of fun. <laughs> Goodbye, Rajan. Oh, uh, <laughs> enjoy yourself. <laughs> I see. I see. Well. Hello, Rajan. Ah! <laughs> oh, it's you. Did a fair job, I hear. Congratulations. I don't think it's always like this. They won't hand it to you on a plate, you know. They won't do that. This is very much the exception. Well, what? What? Talk, can't you? Well, say something. Eric, lad, are you joining us? Coming. Rudyard, have a nice evening. Pause. What you... <laughs> Eric walks away through the... What do you mean, have a nice evening? What do you mean by that remark? Chapman! What if I don't have a nice evening? Eh? What if I don't. Chapman! I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean, Chapman? Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> Fade Atmos into scene nine. Today had been the worst day of Rudyard's life. 
until, of course, tomorrow. I was there to jot it all down from first-hand observation and a little bit of gossip. And, of course, being his only real friend in the world, Rudyard tells me everything. My name is Madeline. I'm going to be the first mouse to write a Sunday Times bestseller. And I know for a fact that Rudyard is planning to get his revenge on Eric by... We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Lightning into end music. The Bane of Rodeo was written by David K. Barnes and featured Felix French, Beth Hare, Tom Crowley, etc. <laughs> Wooden Overcoats, episode 4, scene 1. Radiard Fund runs a funeral home in the village of Piffling Vale. It used to be the only one. It isn't anymore. Yet Rudyard remains an important man with a seat on the village council, and being there for 11 years has been a constant source of pride. But nothing lasts forever, especially if your name is Rudyard Fun. Wooden Overcoats by David K. Barnes. Episode 4. Tempting Fate. Scene 2. Village Hall. The councillors are murmuring. The council meets once a month in Piffling Hall. Though the public are invited, I'm the only one who ever turns up, and being a mouse means I'm not allowed to vote, though I do get to nibble on the custard creams. This particular session was lent a certain energy by the chairman, Mayor Desmond Desmond, who had been right honourable up until he realised he just made it up. Marjorie, uh, could you take the councillor roll call? Certainly, Mr Chairman. Reverend Nigel Wavering. Here. Lady Vivian Templer. Hello. And Mr. Rudyard Funt. Rudyard Funt. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> I've got Funt written here. <laughs> now we've been over this for 11 years. <laughs> well, what does this look like, Reverend? Rudyard Funt, I said. Oh! <laughs> I can only read what I've got written down, Mr. Funt. Councillor Funt, Funt, <laughs> Councillor Funt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fellow councillors, we cannot ignore that recent events have dealt us a tragic blow. Our venerable vice-chairman, Mr Basil Corbett, has been sadly taken for us in unforeseen circumstances. But he died knowing that we would continue his great work for Piffling Vale. In fact, the venerable vice-chairman, Mr Basil Corbett, had died at the bottom of a 60-foot mine shaft where he'd been fatally knocked down by a cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, the passers looked suitably solid. That dear, sweet little man. I'm sure his spirit is at rest in heaven. If it exists. <laughs> and there is a 50 50 chance of that. <laughs> well, this does, of course, leave open the position of vice chairman of this council, but I'm sure we can wait until. Oh! Oh! oh. Uh, <laughs> Councillor Funt? <laughs> Funt. Uh, I'll do it, Mr. Chairman. Uh, surely you're tied up with Funt funerals. <laughs> Funt funerals. Uh, we're. Uh, not quite as busy as we used to be, though we will be carrying out Basil Corbett's funeral on Wednesday, so, you know, do, do pop that in your diaries. There'll be nibbles. Do you have Paul Bennett? I'm afraid not. Yes, well, I'll see what I'm doing that day. <laughs> now, in honour of Basil's demise, I have strengthened my resolve towards transforming our dear little village into a dear little town. 
After all, a community must broaden its horizons. It must build towards a brighter future. We mustn't allow ourselves to become complacent, to stagnate, to scrabble in the dust like animals. <coughs> Mr. Chairman? Uh, oh, God, sorry. Right. I'll throw that open. Any ideas? <coughs> Lady Templar? Uh, perhaps we need some more attractions. The aquarium was a big success. It's only got eight fish. Six of them are dead. It's still a smashing day out. Great fun for the children. The other day I bought a wind-up crab. <laughs> <laughs> How about helping small businesses? For instance, there's our mobile phone coverage. What about it? It'd be nice to have some. We do have some. Only in one specific part of the island. Yes, my bathroom. Can we improve our communications network, Lady Templar? Not without a great deal more money, Mr. Chairman. Money, yes. Reverend Waring, how are we doing on that front? Pretty good whip round last Sunday, actually. Someone popped in a five-pound note. <laughs> oh, five-pound? Well, well, who donated it? That new fellow, Eric Chapman. Chapman. <laughs> I see, I do like him. I think he's quite dishy. Well, I'm sure we all agree on that point. <laughs> oh, my, yes. <laughs> and Mr Chapman is just outside. He's come about the extension to his funeral home. Extension? What extension? Uh, did I know about this, Marjorie? He wrote you a letter, Mr Chairman. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm afraid I don't always read everything I'm given. I'm, I'm usually kept very busy. <laughs> the mayor, in fact, hadn't read a single piece of correspondence since becoming there, instead dividing his time between his passion for golf and hiding underneath his desk. <laughs> Shall I invite Mr Chapman inside? Uh, yes, do that, Marjorie. <laughs> what an unexpected treat. A pencil snaps. Oh, you seem to have snapped your pencil, Radyard. I'm sorry, it's Mars way. Morning, everyone. Oh, Eric, great to see you. Always a pleasure, Desmond. Rudyard. Chapman. The infamous Lady Templar. <laughs> 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 And Reverend. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> and Reverend, is that new eyeshadow? He noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Marjorie tells me you're here. <laughs> Marjorie tells me you're here about an extension to your premises. We're getting so many people through the door that our waiting room just can't contain them. Another pencil snap. That was my pencil, Marjorie. <laughs> Sorry. And I thought, what this funeral home really needs is a cafe. <laughs> Drinks, sandwiches, that kind of thing. Maybe a chocolate fountain. Oh, oh, delicious. <laughs> Any objections? Well, I hate to point it out, but we do already have a cafe. It closed down last week. What? Why? It has something to do with the robotic mouse infestation, I think. How utterly awful. It was one mouse. And I don't know anything about it. <laughs> right. All those in favour of Mr Chapman extending his premises to include a cafe say aye. Aye. All opposed? I mean, I'd say opposed is a strong word. Done. Carried unanimously. A loud snap. That was a table. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Your first coffee's on me. Hot and strong. Always. <laughs> Lady Templar. <laughs> anyway, I'd better be off. Wait a tick. You're full of ideas. We want to expand our village, attract newcomers. Any thoughts on that? What made you want to move here, chappers? Yes. What did make you? Oh, well, lots of things. But as to your problem, I'd say that you should really you should rally the community and get people excited about piffling, an event, uh, a celebration. Ooh, that sounds expensive. Don't forget about the five pound note. 
Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> a bit of glitz and glamour, something to remember. Bring everyone together and carve out a real sense of identity. We already have a sense of an identity. It's miserable and it works. What about a fate? A, a what? Stalls, games, a rustic dancing. You're a village, you must throw the old fate. He's mad, we should deport him. There <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been a fate in Piffling Vales for 11 years. Astonishing. Who's in charge of local events? Rudyard. Ah. <laughs> of course, I thought about doing a fate this year, but, you know, that money could be put towards the upkeep of the burial grounds. That's what you did last year. I know, and they look terrific. I must admit... I do like the idea of some rustic dancing. And games and things. Something for the whole community to enjoy. I mean, it's not original. Well, don't be modest, Eric. He's so charming. Look, it's easy to throw money around and get excited about rustic dancing. I'll say it is. <laughs> Eric, you <laughs> 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 Glad to do my bit. Well, next Friday we'll throw the biggest and bestest fate this island has ever seen. A new era in Piffling. I hope you know what you're doing, Mr Chairman. You're in charge, Rudyard. Local events are your your district. What? What? All those in favour? Aye. All opposed? Aye. Overruled. Motion. (laughs) Motion carried. Chapman. Snap. Snap. (laughs) Snap. I think we're going to need a new table. (laughs) (laughs) Scene three. Rudyard skulked back to fun funerals, his head a miasma of doubt. If there was one thing he'd banked on in life, it was that he'd never be called upon to help people enjoy themselves. Once again, his world had become an increasingly scary place. There was only one thing left to do. Door opens, bell tinkles, it's raining outside. Georgie. Yes? We're emigrating. Fair enough, where to? Don't care, so long as nobody's heard of it. San Marino? That'll do. Antigone, pack your bags, we're moving San Marino. Italy? What? Yeah. Where, is San <laughs> Where is San Marino? Italy. Italy. <laughs> I'm a great Italian. Done, let's get moving. You too, Madeline. Hang on, why are we moving to San Marino? Because they're after me. They're after you. They will be. Who, when and why? Everyone next week in the village fate I organise falls apart, which it will do. <laughs> they put you in charge of a fate. People are meant to enjoy those. Thank you, Georgie, I know. How did that happen? One word. Chapman. I should return his calls. Chapman. I probably won't, though. <laughs> Shows up at the meeting, he's there two minutes, and suddenly I'm meant to be arranging the first village fate we've had in 11 years. Of course. He must have died knowing that you'd fail. Last nail in the coffin. My God, the absolute cunning of the man. Are you caressing yourself? What? No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is serious. Rudyard, you're going to call his bluff. You're going to actually organise effect? Yes. And in the process, you're going to win us back some much-needed good publicity. I can't do it. It's just a lot of people standing around in a field, having fun for an afternoon. How difficult can it be? Antigone, when was the last time I had fun doing anything? I can't remember. No, nor can I. Now, Georgie can speak Italian. We're moving to San Marino. It's the fifth smallest country in the world. What's the smallest? Uh, Vatican City. We'll go there. Well, we won't. <laughs> this island hasn't had a fate ever since you effectively banned them 11 years ago. Hardly anyone remembers what they're even meant to be like. All you need to do is stage an even half-decent knees up and they'll probably enjoy it. What about all the games and the stalls? 
I hope there's some rustic dancing. <laughs> Rajad, other people do those things for you. Construction. Volunteering. <laughs> Put someone in charge of a relay race. Another in charge of a coconut shy. Get shopkeepers to run their own stalls. And ask the Piffling Philharmonic to provide the music for rustic dancing. <laughs> Boom! Instant fate. Pass out enough liquor to get everyone hammered and you're away. But if people are drunk, then they won't enjoy the relay race. They'll <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy it more, trust me. You can just delegate tasks and keep things to schedule. You love doing that. It's practically the only thing you're actually good at. I do adore spreadsheets. Particularly, could be a fortune teller. Excuse me, are you insane? Every fate needs a fortune teller. No, Madeline, I hate raffles, but I do like the idea of a fortune teller. I can't do that. I've got to embalm Basil Corbett. Do you know how many gallons of fluids I'll have to drain from a man that size? Possibly thousands. It's a ridiculous lie. You're going to be a fortune teller. Why me? Because A, you'll be able to sit in, in a gloomy tent all day, and B, you can throw a spanner in the works of Eric Chapman. Tell people that bad luck comes to those who do business with a tall, dark stranger. He's not that tall. Or dark. You can adapt the wording. Just make sure people are too superstitious to go to want to go near him. And what's Georgie going to do? Georgie, name a thing that people like. A carousel. Build me one. Sure. I'm great at building carousels. <laughs> Excellent. I think I might, uh, I think I might enjoy this. I bet the Vatican doesn't have a carousel. <laughs> Rudyard was actually wrong about that. The Vatican, in fact, has six. But over several days, he delegated, <laughs> organised, and even managed to smile at people. But he was swiftly taken aside and advised never to do it again. <laughs> By Wednesday morning, there was just one person he'd yet to approach. Chapman, that people like music. And I'm deeply sorry about your husband's passing, Mrs. Turner. I'm not. He used to eat cockroaches. Well then. <laughs> I am looking forward so much to the funeral, Mr. Chapman. You always lay on such an amusing funeral. Thank you. It's the way everybody comes together and has such a jolly time. It can get very lonely around here, you know. I can it, Mrs. Turner. My neighbour, uh, Mrs. Carnegie, met a fancy man at one of your funerals. Did she really? <laughs> I wish I were Mrs. Carnegie. You will be Mrs. Carnegie. <laughs> <laughs> you will be. Rudyard, what a surprise. Good morning, Mr. Fun. Good morning, Mrs. Turner. Oh, no, don't smile. <laughs> Sorry. What can we do for you today, Rudyard? You fancy a funeral? Is that a threat? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can put the vase down. <laughs> no, look here. I've got Basil Corbett's funeral in a couple of hours, so let's keep this short. The fate, uh, on Friday. You might be too busy. I'm not too busy. Or maybe not too interested. I'm, I am interested. Maybe you're too busy. I'm still not too busy. But if that wasn't the case, then I was going to say... Roger, I'd love to be involved. I see. Well, that cafe you asked the council about four days ago, uh, I suppose you've already built, stocked and opened it by now. I have, actually. Would you like a cappuccino? No, thank you. <laughs> In that case, you can provide refreshments at the fete, can't you? Well, if you'd like me to. Don't sound enthusiastic. Rudyard, I'd be thrilled to provide refreshments at your village fete on Friday. All right, all right, don't need your life story. <laughs> Chapman, refreshments. There, and that's everything. We're all set to go. Oh, consider me incredibly impressed. Just need a sharp, coordinating brain, that's all. I've got one of those, you see. I have to say, I'm looking forward to it. I know funerals are a great excuse to get outdoors and socialise, but it's good to have other options. Socialising? Take up ten minutes, and then what do they do? And then what would they do? No, perpetual scheduled activity in some way. 
you know best. Relay race, sack race, three-legged race, tea and cakes, tug of war, fancy dress and rustic dance. With coconut shy, cake and bake, jumble sale, baked bean bath and guess the way to the reverend. <laughs> Should fill a few hours. <laughs> Top work, Rudyard. Top work. Very traditional. What do you mean by that? By what? You said very traditional. Yes, it's, you know, it's very traditional. That's all. I mean, I don't mean that's all. That's all. I just mean that's all I'm saying. That it's traditional. And there's really nothing wrong with that at all. I think he put together a really strong event. It's a good old traditional fate, and I think everyone will have a great afternoon. Truly. You've nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till you see what I've really got to say. That's right. I mean, this is just the first draft, the ground plan. There's nothing wrong. Traditional, stayed, boring, seen it all before, not a bit of it. <laughs> this is going to be a fate to remember, you'll see. You might be overthinking this. I should, Coco. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to make some telephone calls. Well, don't forget your funeral. Is that a threat? Basil Corbett's funeral. Ah, that. It's been delayed. Goodbye. Rudyard, can I have my vase? My vase. My vase back, please. Oh, yes. Sorry. Rudyard burst forth from his rival's premises, his heart pounding and his palms sweating. He knew he had less than 48 hours to entirely rethink his fate. It was time for swift and decisive action, and there was only one place to head for. Reverend Wavering's bathroom. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Wavering's bathroom, occasional sound of water in the Yes, Mrs. Pettigrew, it's got to be dramatic. A seven-legged race, you heard me. Hang on, I've got Jerry on the line. Now look here, Jerry, I'm on the mobile. Yes, in Vicar's bathroom. Rudyard? Yes? Could you scrub my tracks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fine. <laughs> uh, Jerry, can't we think of something better than a bake sale? Yes, I know I liked it yesterday, but we need something exciting. Oh, wait a second, Mr. Smiley's trying to get through. Now look here, this coconut shy. What if the coconuts could fight back? <laughs> That's right. Well, we'd keep them on their toes, wouldn't it? God damn, it's Mrs. Pettigrew again. Hold on! Could you pass me the towel? Yep, yeah, sure. Mrs. Pettigrew, now look here. No, not fine. A seven legged race. I won't have any less than seven here. Thanks awfully. And I want obstacles on the race. Potholes, maybe. Back in a tick. Now, okay, Mr. Burnside, Punch and Judy show. None of this slapstick stuff. Children need to know that violence actually hurts. And the crocodile eats Mr. Punch. I want to see real agony. Screaming, writhing, buckets of blood. Something they'll remember. Rudyard, are we still on for the funeral this afternoon? What? Uh, uh, no, it's been delayed. Oh. Not much point in getting dressed now. Now, look here. <laughs> what? Fine. I'll run my own seven-legged race. See if I care. Thank you, Mrs. Crescigrew. Now, look here. Jerry, okay... Give me what you got. Bathroom door opens. There's a queue of people murmuring. Oh, hello, everyone. If you're all queuing to make a telephone call, I don't think you'll be very long. Put some clothes on. <laughs> it's my house. Those ideas are terrible, Jerry. Just terrible. It felt to me unseemly to loiter in an ecclesiastical bathroom uninvited. So I decided to leave Rudyard to his negotiations and scooted back to fun funerals where I found Antigone was practising her fortune-telling. Your name is... Your name is Georgie Crusoe. God, how do you do it? <laughs> All right, look, with someone else it should be very impressive. Correctly guessing a total stranger's name? Yes. That would be impressive. Thank you. How are you going to do that? Shut up. <laughs> OK, skip to the fortune bit. Tell me what my future holds. And remember, always tell them what they want to hear. Yes, yes, right. I can see... I can see... A man. Boring. A woman. Meh. A cat. A dog. A cat and a dog. A book. No! What do you want, then? A helicopter. <laughs> oh, I meant to know that, for God's sake. Well, you're the psychic. I'm not a psychic. <laughs> 
You're not trying hard enough. Here, bend spoons. No more spoons! Jiggly <laughs> <laughs> smacks spoons out of Georgie's hands and then crashes on the floor. You want a fortune? All I can see are a million paths rolling and stretching into the infinite abyss, but no matter which one we choose, they all end up the same way, and the best life lived is the one we never tried. Antigone. What? Helicopters. What? <laughs> Just putting it out there. <laughs> it's time to open his bell temples, it's raining. Door closes. He's done it again. Why do I have to live here? What's Eric done now? He's actually done it again. Every step of the way, your boyfriend's there in this gruelling game of mental chess. He's not my boyfriend. But he shouldn't be, damn it. We need a spy on the inside. Now get over there and sabotage something. Oh, fine. <laughs> Door opens. It's still raining. Door closes. Do you really think that's going to help? Maybe. Maybe not. But it'll cheer me up. Now look here. What? No, no, no. This is the funeral phone. The mobile is the fate phone. So if you want to discuss the fate, I have to go all the way back to the vicar's <laughs> bathroom. What? Very well, I'll be waiting. I knew it wouldn't last. What wouldn't? Your mood. You seemed cheerful this morning. It was very unnerving. I had the whole thing planned to the very last detail. And then he had to cast his entropic gaze over everything and whoosh, the whole thing up in smoke. Do I still have to be a fortune teller? I don't know. <laughs> But out of that smoke, a phoenix will rise, let me tell you. A phoenix will rise, and who'll be laughing then? You haven't laughed since our great-grandfather died. Well, nothing could have topped that. Rest assured, Antigone, our fate is going to be a spectacular success, or my name isn't... Now look here! <laughs> what? No, Jerry, there is nothing extreme about a bake sale. You can paint the word on the sign as often as you want, it doesn't make it true. Fine, be that way. You know where you can stick your cakes? Yes, extremely. <laughs> I ask you. Roger! <laughs> the fate is in less than 48 hours, and we've got a funeral this afternoon. No, we don't. Basil Corbett's funeral. Oh, I had it postponed. Call up the family, make up a story about, well, reorganising a fate, that sort of thing. I see. How many stores and attractions do we still have for the fate? It's your fortune telling. Yes. George's carousel. Yes. Well, it's more than we had last year. <laughs> Inexplicable. You know, I can actually see your future. Oh, yes? Mm-hmm. And it involves this crystal ball being shoved straight up your... Rudyard! Gorgeous weather, isn't it? I just passed Georgie on the way over. <laughs> Never mind about that. What do you want? I hope this isn't a bad time. Why would you think it was a bad time? Um... No, no, what? <laughs> then we shall do without the band. Thank you for telling me. Yes, well, if I do drop dead, then I'm in the right place for it. Goodbye! <laughs> Problems? Not supposed to be. Just means we have to be imaginative with our rustic dancing, that's all. Can we help you? We? Hello. Ah! Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, my, my fault. I didn't see you um, standing in the shadows. The shadows protect me. Tremendous. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> anyway. Now, now, Rudyard, I wanted to apologise. Apologise? I don't know what it was, but when you came over this afternoon, this morning, I said something to offend you, and it's made you throw away all your hard work. Mr Chapman, I've no idea where you got that impression from, but I can assure Mrs. you... Mrs Petsgrew came over for a coffee. She said, if he wants a seven-legged race, then he can whistle for it. Joke's on her, I can't whistle. <laughs> and then the joke's on you, really, but putting that aside, <laughs> I thought I'd try and make things up to you. Really? How? Very big of you, I'm sure, but it's not in the league. Now look here, what? <laughs> <laughs> Too dangerous, bungee jumping off the lighthouse, children love doing that, 50 feet ago, you can't beat it. No, the paddling pool's not good enough. Well, you can keep it. What did you in mind, Mr. Chapman? Well, in addition to providing all the refreshments at the fete, I'll, I'll throw in something extra. I've just installed my chocolate fountain, and it works like a dream. We'll have it going at the fete, and we'll give you an all-you-can-eat chocolate... Uh, give out all-you-can-eat chocolate treats to everyone who wants them. Free of charge. How about that? Hmm. I was rather banking on you sorting out my seven-legged race. Rudyard! 
But a chocolate fountain could make for a very nice centrepiece for the whole thing. Very nice indeed. Fair enough, Mr. Chapman. It's a deal. And... Thank you. Hey, don't mention it. I'm just glad I was able to. Excuse me for a moment. Now look here. What? <laughs> when? I see. Yes, I'll tell him. Now, that was your secretary. Apparently somebody has just sabotaged your chocolate fountain. What? <laughs> All right, boss. Mission accomplished. Oh, oh. Hello, Georgie. Hello. Get out, Georgie. Goodbye. Don't close the cell slinking. 48 hours zipped by in a flash, and Rudyard remained quite deprived of inspiration. When, on Friday afternoon, the event opened to the assembled natives of Piffling Vale, it was abundantly clear that Piffling's biggest and bestest fate had failed to materialise, and that in its place were a legion of empty tables, a couple of tents, a wonky carousel, and a deadly coconut shy. <laughs> As I nibbled on a fallen walnut whip, the cream of Piffling voiced their displeasure. A dismal field. It's raining lightly. It's uh, not quite how I man can it, Lady Templar. Nor I, Mayor. I hope there'll be lots Mr. of Mayor. <laughs> I hope there'll be lots of games and stalls and things, but it just looks like a field to me. I don't think I've ever been so unhappy. <laughs> I thought a bit of rustic dancing would cheer me up, but it's miserable doing it in the rain without any music. After a couple of hours, I had to give up. <laughs> I had my fortune read just now. Worth the punt, is it? No! The woman spent ten million... Million? Million minutes? Ten, <laughs> ten minutes going on about a million roads all ending the same way. She told me not to talk to strangers and handed me a bent spoon. <laughs> Sounds a bit rum. That's that coconut shy just littered with casualties. <laughs> well, I suppose it's nice to pull the community together like this. What's the point when there's nothing for them to do? Oh, there, there, Lady Templar. <laughs> Don't cry. It's so cold. It's terribly, terribly cold. <laughs> yes, it, it is, isn't it? And wet. I wish I hadn't dropped my worn-up whip. That mouse is having a wonderful time. Oh, Mr. Mayor! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Use my shoulder. It will be over soon. We'll, we'll put all this behind us. <clears throat> um, hello. <laughs> it's you, Rudyard. Your Worship. Lady Templar. I trust we're all enjoying ourselves. <laughs> Not quite, Rudyard. Sorry to hear that, Your Worship. Well, I don't want to sound ungrateful, you understand, but it's... Or oh, rather sparse, isn't it? It's just awful. Would you like to go at the coconut shire, Lady Templar? Oh, don't be a fool, Rudyard. You can see she's lost one eye already. <laughs> yes, well, we have had teething problems. But I think it's safe to say we got there in the end. The whole village coming together. If only Basil Corbett could have seen it. He'll be spinning in the grave. You haven't put him in yet. Well, actually, I'm popping off to do the funeral now. If you'd just like to come along? No, thank you. If your funerals are anything like your fates, I think I'll save myself the trip. Right. Yes, right. Um, see you later. What a dreadful little man. Mind you, he, he looks good in a suit. Hi, <laughs> hi. There's a couple of long faces. Well, hello, Eric. I thought I'd bring you out some cappuccinos to warm yourselves up with. Oh, darling, darling chap chappers. Doing my bit, Lady Templar. Been a bit of a washout, hasn't it? Despondency, as far as the eye can see. Even in the crowd, they all look lonely. 
Perhaps this is what Piffy Vale's all about. It's been staring me in the face all the entire time. Don't say that, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> if only we could do something with what we've got here. But what can you do with lots of empty old tables? Got it. <laughs> I know what we can do, Lady Templar. With your permission, I'd like to try a little something, and I've got a feeling it might just work. There's still time to turn this whole event around. Well, then, with the authority invested in me, I ask you to give it your best shot. As of this moment, Eric, our fate is in your hands. Oh, very good. (laughs) (laughs) As intrigued as I was by Eric's pronouncement, I somehow felt duty-bound to accompany Rudyard to the postponed funeral of the venerable Basil Corbett, a move that probably sacrificed a very exciting chapter of my book, Memoirs of the Funeral House Maps, yeah. available soon from all good retailers, the first 50 copies are signed. <laughs> Mind you, at the funeral I was able to witness Rudyard, bereft of reverend and with a few attendees, deliver a stirring and entirely improvised speech about the circuities circuities of fate, the struggles of discord and the importance of an intractable acceptance of the way the cookie crumbles, a sermon that moved the late Basil Corbett's nephew to say, quite simply, We want our money back. Whereupon Rudyard duly, duly refunded the fellow his money, tipped Basil Corbett into the hole, and traipsed back in the general direction of the village fate. Never mind, sir. You can't win them all. Anything, anything at all would be a change. I've never liked fates anyway. No one even tried it, Carousel. Did you work so hard at it? I do still think it should have had horses. Perhaps. I thought having coffins instead was a delightful touch. (laughs) Time to face the music. I scurried along beside the pair as we turned into the village green. An astonishing sight met our eyes. Hang on. They're all smiling and chatting. That's funny. All the tables are arranged in a sort of circle. We're with two people to each table. I don't understand. What on earth is going on? Ding! Once again, your time's up. If you want to exchange numbers, you'd better do it quick. <laughs> right, then, as before, uh, A's, you stay seated, and B's could get up and head to... And if B's could get up and head to your next table in rotation... That's it. There we go. Quick as you can. And this is your last date, folks. Whether you're looking for a friend or looking for love, you've got three minutes to call your final partner, so you better make them count. Get ready, get set... Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Chapman, what are you playing at? Rudyard, Georgie, glad you can make it. I think you're too late to grab a table. You don't want to grab anything. What's happened to my face? Oh, sorry, just a change of plan. Uh, things are getting a little blue, so I thought, what's the best and cheapest way to get a large group of people talking to each other? Talking to each other? Some of them are holding hands. Flirting, talking, same difference? Same difference? It's gone down a tree. I bet some of them are speaking to each other for the first time in their lives. You like to be the hero, don't you? Well, making up for lost time. Eric! <laughs> Eric, <laughs> What a wonderful afternoon! Desmond, glad you've enjoyed it. It's been a fantastic old fate, absolutely fantastic! Rudyard, do you know what this chap did? Yes, he told me. A cracking idea! Really got everybody involved. Sorry I can't stick around. Oh, nothing wrong, is there? Oh, no, 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 no. Matter of fact, I'm. I'm going on a date. You're going on a what? Hello, everybody. Glorious day. Desmond, I've booked us a table for six o'clock. 
It's Italian tonight. <laughs> <laughs> How incredibly pleasing, Reverend. <laughs> TTFN, everyone! See you all on Sunday. Have a good one, you two. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> and that's your lot, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Great Piffling Speed Date, and you've all been amazing. Yay! Yay! Woo! Well, I suppose we better get a shift on. Georgie? Yep. I was wondering if, uh, if you were free, we could... Uh... Nah, not bothered. Oh, Right, no, that's that's fine, sure. Um, um, Lady Templar? Chappers? I don't suppose you care to. Yes, I would. Nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> enjoy yourselves. Oh, Chapman, Chapman. Look at them all, they're all pairing off. Don't understand it. We live on an island of liberty. Well, this certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Ah, Antigone, there you are. Glad to see you weren't involved. Quite right, too. You didn't subscribe to this licentious nonsense? No, I didn't. Wouldn't even know where to begin. The tides oh. were changing, Piffling Vale, but one man refused to change with them. Rudyard, in fact, resigned from the village council, but they sadly didn't take any notice. <laughs> you see, they just appointed their new vice president. Oh, vice chairman, sorry, no, chairman, who brought along his chocolate fountain to celebrate. Tempting Fate was written by David K. Barnes and featured Felix Trench, Beth Air, Tom Crowley, etc. (laughs) 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 Wonderful stuff. (laughs) Well, they don't make them like that anymore. (laughs) Of course they do. It's carrying on, and you're helping out. Thank you so much. David K. Barnes, goodbye.